1: Aaron Rodgers' future is, once again, a beautiful mystery. I think there's two scenarios here. Either he retires or he goes to another team. I think that this man has a lot of football left in him, but it just won't be with that the Green it. Bay Packers. Would you leave that division where it's the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions twice a year? I, I just hope he stays, but I don't know how they can figure it out. There's got to be an end game. If Aaron Rodgers is really about winning, I think the best situation for him is to continue on in Green Bay. I've heard what everybody else has heard, what they're reading. I I can't imagine him anywhere else. I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the PackerNet Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. You can follow me on Twitter at J.J.L.A.H.E.Y. Welcome back. we got a uh, interesting one to do today. Slight change of plans from the podcast I was going to record, which was a... Uh, I mean, we, we still might get to my, my topic. I was going to do a grading Brian Gutekunst episode. Might still have time to get to that. Uh, I hope so. Um, If not, we'll we'll table that for later on. But today is the start of the new league year. Ryan didn't have a podcast this morning. I was assuming he was going to talk about uh, the news. Uh, Clayton covered a lot of it yesterday, but there's some new stuff today. I'm going to touch on it right now anyways, because we have the start of the new league year and the Packers have some work they have to do today. So, because of that, uh, I think it's prudent to cover that right now. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate ya. Hope you've been enjoying the first two episodes of Cheese and Packers. Today, I'm recording two podcasts on a day when I normally record zero. Got some uh, travel stuff that came up sort of unexpectedly, sort of just, like, plans changed. And then I I was supposed to record this episode last night, and I, I just wasn't feeling it. Like Yesterday completely wiped me out, so I said I'll, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow morning. And kind of fortuitous then, <laughs> since Ryan's not doing an episode today. But if you don't know about my other show, I encourage you to check out No Huddle Radio. That's a, a podcast I've been doing for three years now uh, with Gil Martin. Um, this is over on uh, Packers Talk. Just search No Huddle Radio or Search Packers Talk in any of your podcast apps and and you'll find it. Additionally, I would really like to upgrade my recording equipment. I've been using this for, gosh, four years, five years at this point. And maybe you think the audio quality sounds fine. I have no idea if you like it or not, but it's it's a frustrating process for me every week. There's um, like static interference and stuff that I have to go back in and filter out after I'm done recording Constantly having volume issues. Uh, I don't have an amplifier. That's the main issue. And then um, I'm just like, uh, I have my uh, soundboard plugged directly into the audio jack on my computer, which is where the static is coming from. I guess what I'm supposed to do is have this all recording to um, a separate device that is then connected to my computer with a USB cable instead. And definitely would like to get that set up going, but it's a little pricey. And um, so anyways, if you have any interest in helping me get that done, patreon.com slash JJ Leahy, or you, if you don't like Patreon, uh, I got Cash App, Venmo, all these things. You know, no pressure, but if you're interested in helping me upgrade my audio equipment and and reduce the uh, uh, weekly and, and sometimes daily... Struggles and frustrations. (laughs) We're trying to record. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Also, huge thanks to everybody who sent in questions this week on Twitter, at JJ Leahy, regarding these moves that the Packers have been making, regarding uh, salary cap and all that, and we're going to just kick this off with a question uh, from Garrett on Twitter. I think this question was opposed to Ryan, but I was tagged in it anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it since I'm going to do a pod today. Garrett says, I see the Packers are still $7 million over the cap. What move or moves do you see happening today to get under the cap before the deadline? So the deadline is today, 3 o'clock Lambo time. Looking at the contracts that they could move anything around with. So the the Packers are between somewhere in their neighborhood of between 7 $8 $8 million over the cap that they have to clear by 3 o'clock. It was funny, I, I got into it with a guy uh, yes, actually I didn't get into it a guy tried to get into it with me yesterday on Twitter because I said that the Aaron Rodgers extension meant that the Packers only had about $8 bucks left to free up and this guy got super ticked at me, seemingly that was what I thought at first and he was saying, no, it's it's not $8 million, it's $3 million which is understandable, because that's what sites like Track and Over the Cap were saying. I was looking at it and saying, I don't think there's any way that they don't um, put a a uh, tag on Al Mazzard. Not a tag, a tender, sorry. The, uh, the second round tender is, in fact, what they ended up putting on him, like, I don't know, uh, an hour or two later. Which costs $3.98 million dollars. So that's where I was getting the extra $4 million. The thing was, I would have been happy to have that conversation with this guy. But he was just, like, t- taking it to, like, the next level. There were personal attacks, which didn't really matter to me. And he was also trying to put out there the idea that the Packers had already released Randall Cobb. And so, therefore, not only were they you know, only in a position where there was $3 million that would need to get cleaned up, but that they had already done that and were $6 million over. Realized really quickly that he was just trolling. <laughs> so the answer to the question, by the way, the, the easiest way that you can clean this up, move on from uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb accounts for $9.5 million against the cap this year. If you cut him... There is some dead money from uh, the restructure that they gave him last year where they pushed out uh, 2.6, 2.7 million bucks across 22 and 23. 23, of course, is just a void year. It's not, he's not under contract for next year. So if you were to cut him today, you would have a little, just north of 2.7 million in dead cap. But you would be freeing up 6.7 million. So if you moved on from Randall Cobb, which I really, really think the Packers should do, that would put them less than a half million over. And there's. When you're only talking about a half million bucks, all of a sudden the list of players that you can restructure and free up a half a million bucks skyrockets. When you're talking about who can we free up seven million from, currently. You're limited to Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, uh, Randall Cobb, obviously. Mm, Dean Lowry doesn't get you all the way there. That That's it. So you'd have to do multiple guys if you're going to try and get all seven mil. But if you were to move on from Randall Cobb, who I don't think really did much for us last year. You know, after all the talk about how Aaron Rodgers really wanted Cobb here because he felt like, uh, in the Bucks NFC Championship game when they're down on the goal line, that if he would had Randall Cobb there, he would have been open, would have been able to throw to him. For all that talk, he didn't throw to Cobb in the playoff loss to the Niners this year. One target, which was a, a horrific pass that had no chance of getting caught and and should have been intercepted. And that was it. Zero zero receptions. Outside of that, 2021, he had 39 targets for 28 receptions, 375 yards. He did have five touchdowns. And obviously, you know, the biggest game that comes to mind with him uh, would probably be the Cardinals game in week eight. The other game he could throw out there would be Pittsburgh in week four. Now, the issue is those are the only games that year where he had more than one touchdown. And the only other game all year where he had even one touchdown was against the Rams in week 12. And in fact, after week 12, he didn't have a single reception. Now I know he missed a bunch of weeks, uh, but... You know, that was always the knock on Randall Cobb from Brian Gutekunst standpoint was Cobb gets hurt. Plus now he's old. (laughs) Sorry, but it's true. He's he's going to be 32 this year. So you're looking at a guy who historically has always been small and prone to getting hurt. And now he's old and missed mm, not quite a half a year, but close to half a year in 2021 and wasn't very productive when he was on the field. His best game really was uh, the Pittsburgh game. He had six targets, five receptions. The only other game that he really was even a factor in was the Cardinals game. Five targets, three receptions, two touchdowns. So anyways, so if you move on from Randall Cobb, that gets you there, and at that point, when you only need to meet, uh, only need to free up half a million bucks, I'm gonna find who's the cheapest guy that we could free up money from. I mean, theoretically, you could restructure Amari Rogers, I think, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. I mean, he he is a third round pick, but his base salary this year is 842 thousand dollars and how many years i think he's got three years left so if you what's the vet minimum or he wouldn't even be a vet what's the minimum i don't think you can free up all all this for mario Mario rogers but you can get close actually because it'd be whatever you could free up out of that eight hundred forty-two thousand would be split three ways uh i don't think you're calling up Amari Rodgers and asking him to sign a an, an extension that adds a void year. <laughs> He's, even if you asked him to do it, I don't think he would. So you're splitting that only three ways, and there is a minimum on the base salary. So you can't free that all up from Amari, but it's close to that. Maybe A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, I think you could free up uh, the remaining amount of money. And and he's, he's relatively low down the list. You got ahead of him. You have Eric Stokes, Jordan Love, Darnell Savage. Um, actually, so with Alan Lazard, that's an interesting one. Let's talk about Alan Lazard. So Alan Lazard got a second round tender. And so that means that another team could come sign Lazard but that that other team would have to send a second-round pick to the Packers if, if the Packers choose not to match the offer that the other team extended to Lazard. So, <sighs> Lazard is definitely staying, but here's the thing. Once Lazard signs his offer sheet, at that point, you actually can restructure him you know, with with his consent, you can add a void year to his deal. And uh, he counts for 3.986 uh, against the cap this year. And as, as it stands right now, that is currently all in base salaries. There's no bonuses or anything of any kind. And I don't think it's going to stay that way. The Packers are going to want to convert at least, you know, a, a portion of this into uh, bonuses and Lazard would probably be totally okay with converting a lot of this into signing bonus because then it's, you know, it's guaranteed money that, uh, he just gets today as opposed to having to wait until he plays out the season, uh, for it. So this would probably be the route that I would go is cut Cobb. And then if Lazard is going to sign his, offer sheet restructure him so if it's not Lazard and it's not any of the guys we previously mentioned uh we already did Devondre there's Mercedes Mercedes Lewis maybe is a guy to watch for getting cut you know and obviously the one of the big factors there is does Mercedes want to play in 2022 you can assume the answer is yes but we don't know there's also Elton Jenkins. There's Mason Crosby. I probably would be in favor of cutting Mason Crosby based on last year and based on the fact that he is – he's almost $5 million in 2022 for – I mean, he, he was not good last year, not, not by a long shot. And you look at – let's see who the highest-paid kickers are. I think he's the second-highest-paid kicker. He's not the second-highest. Jason Sanders of the Dolphins – Kaimi Fairbairn of the Texans, Daniel Carlson from the Raiders, Graham Gano from the Giants. That's a funny one. And Justin Tucker from the Ravens. Those five guys are all ahead of him. But he is, of those guys, he's by far the oldest at 38 years old. Second place would be Graham Gano for the Giants. I, I still can't believe that the Giants have done that. They gave him a three-year deal with $9.5 million guaranteed. That's just... Funny to me, the the Giants have not had uh, a dependable kicker, I, th- I think, in a while. But and actually, now that I'm looking at it, so this is Mason Crosby comes in sixth in average per year. But if you look at actual cap hit, his cap hit is four point seven. His average per year is only four point three because they re- did some restructures with him. Uh, so uh, just looking off this list, I'm not going to go click on all the other kickers and see, you know, how they have been restructured. But looking at just just these numbers here, this would make him the second highest paid or a second highest cap hit for a kicker outside of uh, Justin Tucker for the Ravens. All right, we got to pay the bills.
0: So we're going to take a sponsor break right now. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. So, US Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
1: In other news, the Packers moved on from Lucas Patrick. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say it was expected, but it was on the table for me. Um, Just because, you know, he played so much last year, and he still was only a a rotational guy. He's not – Lucas Patrick is not a starter if your entire offensive line is healthy, I don't think. Unless you're going to make the argument that maybe he starts at right guard over Royce Newman, but I don't think that's the fact anymore. And and certainly given um, the the price difference between Royce Newman and Lucas Patrick – And you look at the quality of play from those two guys, it's way too comparable. Way too comparable. So, since he was getting offers in the $4 million a year range in uh, free agency, we moved on from him. And I think you're okay without Lucas Patrick. I think you're okay without Billy Turner. Losing both of them is definitely concerning because at this point, you just don't have very many bodies. you know, on your, along your offensive line, period. We have currently David Bakhtiari with obviously a question mark next to his health. You have uh, Dennis Kelly is still listed as being with the Packers right now. I would not be surprised to see the Packers retain him. He's, he's not expensive, provides quality play, Um, I don't think you want him to be your starter, but as a swing tackle, I think you're totally happy with him. Yash Nyman, Elton Jenkins, who I don't think will be ready to play until week eight at a minimum. Uh, You have Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, and Michael Manet. And that's it for the offensive line. Now, you can probably field a starting offensive line from this group of guys. Uh, Jake Hansen is your backup center. Josh Myers starts at center. You got John Runyon and Royce Newman as your guards. You hope that David Bakhtiari is ready for uh, the season at left tackle. I don't think I mentioned Cole Van Lannan, by the way. Cole Van Lannon would be a backup guard. And then at right tackle you would have a, a training camp battle between Dennis Kelly and Yash Nyman. That right there does give you a full offensive line. And it's not an offensive line that I have a ton of confidence in most notably at the right tackle position, like Yash, like Dennis Kelly. uh, I don't consider either of them to be starting caliber right tackles, not as of today, you know, and, and, have we ever seen Yash at right tackle? I don't think we have. I know he's spent uh, the majority of his time with the Packers practicing at left tackle. I mean, to the point where he has like basically never filled in as a guard ever, which you know makes sense. He's uh, six. Whoops, lost it. Yeah, six foot seven, three hundred fourteen pounds. You can't put that guy in the interior. But offensive tackle is definitely my number one priority. In the draft as of today, I certainly can hear an argument for wide receiver, particularly with the fact that as of right now, they don't have any agreement in place with Devonte Adams for him to come back. And you're expecting to lose MVS. So you got Randall Cobb, unless they cut him today, which I think they should. You got Alan Lazard, Equinemius St. Brown. So that's two wide receivers at this point. Uh, who else? There's Chris Blair. Everybody loves Chris Blair. Let me sort this uh, wide receiver. Juwan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Mari Rogers, Josh Malone. Who could forget Josh Malone from Tennessee? And there's David Moore. Uh, you know, hasn't really done much as a wide receiver in like a million years, but you got these guys. This right here, by the way, <laughs> this is the wide receiver room that the, the national media has been describing the Packers wide receiver room as for a couple of years now. <laughs> this is what that actually looks like when it's as, as bad as they say. You know, not to hate on Lazard and EQ and Amari, but uh, as of March 16th, 2022, do you view any of those guys as your wide receiver one or even your wide receiver two? Uh, that That is wide receiver too, even is maybe stretching it. But Lucas Patrick is gone. He went to the Chicago Bears. Fantastic news. It's a four million dollar a year deal for two years. Uh, just under three million of that is a signing bonus and he has one million of his salary guaranteed plus plus uh, two hundred thousand dollars total in workout bonuses. So he's gonna receive he's gonna see most of that money whether he ends up playing or not. Like let's say that he uh, tweaks his knee in training camp and never actually plays a game. He's still going to see the majority of that contract. So good for Lucas Patrick. uh, Good for the bears. Disappointing for the Packers, but also, you know, you can't not move on from guys that you need to move on from simply because you're concerned that they might sign with a rival. That's just uh, not a way to do business. Billy Turner does not have a new team yet. I would Expect that to actually continue for a while. Largely because Billy Turner wants big money. And I just don't think there are a lot of teams out there who want to give him big money. We did hear about the compensatory picks for the Packers this year. They got a fourth round pick for Corey Lindsley. They got a seventh round pick for uh, Jamal Williams. In addition, we do have a seventh round pick... From Houston for, I believe it was Kadar Holman. And then of course we traded a sixth round pick to Houston for Randall Cobb. So you get uh one pick each in the first, second, third, and fourth, sorry, first, second, and third rounds. Two fourth round picks, a fifth round pick, no sixth round picks, which is disappointing, three seventh round picks. And if I could package up all three seventh-round picks into a sixth-round pick, I would. Don't know if, if there's teams out there that would accept that. Probably not, but I would do that. And then in addition, so since free agency is about to start, one question you might have is, well, what about Packers free agents? Corey Bajorquez is a free agent. I wouldn't be mad if they brought him back, but I don't want to pay him massive money. I think that he... Significantly underperformed in 2021 based on what we gave up to get him. Uh, This list has Oren Burks listed, but that is not accurate. He already signed with the 49ers. Good riddance. (laughs) I won't. I I, I will say this. I, I will always treasure my memories of his career highlights in training camp. Which, by the way, leaves the Packers with, I believe, only two third-round picks on the roster, uh, Amari Rogers and Josiah Deguara. (laughs) Oh, this this Packers third-round pick thing is getting real. And then also from the 2018 class, the only players you have left are Jair Alexander, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, who has been cut by the Packers at least once, maybe twice now, uh, but he's back with them again. And then you know for the next couple days at least unless they bring him back he got MVS. three players out of the 2018 class so Josh Jackson didn't pan out Oren Burks didn't pan out Jamon Moore got cut a long time ago. Cole Madison that was a weird situation JK Scott. uh James Looney, Hunter Bradley, good riddance, Kendall Donerson. JK Scott. I would be interested in bringing back if we don't bring back Corey Bajorquez. Why would I do that? You ask the guys had basically the same seasons as each other. If you look at 2020 JK Scott and 2021 Corey Bajorquez, their stats are virtually identical. PFF grades are very, very close. Now was J.K. Scott inconsistent? Yes, he was. Was Corey Bajorquez inconsistent? You better believe it. I think the only reason that the fan base likes Corey so much more than JK right now is because they were just beyond sick of JK by the time he left, and he haven't had as much time to get sick of the stuff that we saw from Corey in 2022. And, you know, the 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 Corey Bajorquez highlights are certainly up there in your in your mind. Uh, you know, front and center, your recency bias. I would remind you that J.K. Scott had a ton of highlights as well. Really exciting moments. Clutch punts. Both guys also had a ton of shanked punts in the worst moments in games that they needed consistency from their special teams unit in. So here's the case I'm making. is that If you are willing to bring back Corey Bohorquez, who is basically the exact same player J.K. Scott is, then you should be willing to bring back J.K., who is going to be much cheaper than Corey. So, uh, do I want to bring back either one? Uh, not particularly in favor of bringing back either one. I'm happy to go try somebody else, but I won't. I wouldn't be mad if we brought back either guy. But I just wanted to kind of put that out there in your mind, that, like, <laughs> these two guys are super similar. And so there's no reason in the world to overpay for Corey Bajorcas when the much cheaper J.K. Scott Is just sitting out there with no team. Next up, uh, unrestricted free agent Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, I think based on the fact that he's been hanging around, he really likes Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron really likes him. I think EQ will be back, but they do have to come to uh, some sort of an agreement with him. Rasul Douglas is out there. Uh, At this point, I kind of am expecting him to sign with somebody else, but we'll see. Dennis Kelly is not under contract with the Packers right now. Again, I said I do expect them to bring him back. Then you got Kevin King. Kevin King is an interesting one because the Packers could have given him an extension uh, like a month ago, and they would have actually saved a decent bit of money on 2022. Now, I was not in favor of doing that because I think that in the long term, you're going to get more value from a Kevin King contract if you let him go out there and test free agency and find out that nobody wants him. Even though they did that last year and still ended up paying him $5 bucks for the year. I think if if you just say, hey, best of luck, going out there, go get your money. And then he's trying to find a home and nobody will sign him. Maybe at that point, uh Gutekunst and Russ Ball are... Willing to be hard nosed enough to give him a deal for what he's actually worth instead of five million bucks, and maybe he'll sign it at that point rather than you know not being in the league anymore. But I I do expect that one to sit out there for a while. Uh, if he signs with somewhere else, then great. Wish him best of luck. If he does want to come back for less money, I'm happy to have him back in the room. Uh, I don't. I there are folks out there who think that. Our team is worse for having him on the roster. I don't think that's the case. I do think that your team is worse when you have him as your cornerback number two instead of somebody else like Eric Stokes. But I, I don't hate having him in the room for depth. He's he's He plays really good football a lot of the time. You know, and there, there, there's certainly those moments that give him the reputation that he has and those are kind of heartbreaking, but you're going to find that from any quarterback cornerback in the league who is uh, CB three or lower. So, so I'm fine with bringing him back at the right price. All right, I'll be right back. We're going to take our second sponsor break. Another day is here
0: and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos,
1: Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Next, you got Tyler Lancaster. I do expect the backers to bring him back. They just don't have any bodies. In the defensive line room. Now, every single year, I make a prediction that the Packers are going to go uh, draft a guy or assign a guy, and they just never, ever do. I mean, year after year, they f- they head into the season with the bare minimum. I think you got to have it's either four or five defensive linemen is like the bare minimum that you could really field a team with. And that's all they ever do. And it's always just kind of shocking to me. So, but if you look at the rosters it stands today There is I need to have these both up on different screens So I can make sure I'm not reading off guys who are unrestricted free agents That the Packers have listed on their website So you got Abdullah Anderson um, Who we signed a, uh, a Futures contract with um, A couple months ago Kenny Clark obviously There is Jack Heflin um, Dean Lowry And TJ Slayton So that's one, two, three, four, five guys. You're missing uh, Kingsley Kiki because we moved on from him. He, I think, is a Texan now. So I think the Packers would like to retain Tyler Lancaster, especially at the right price. I don't really care one way or the other whether we keep him. Kind of ready for a little bit of fresh blood in that room, but I don't feel like we've seen a ton from Abdullah Anderson or Jack Heflin to give me any confidence in them. So you got... Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and TJ Slayton are kind of the only guys that you have any kind of a good feeling about. Uh, Dean Lowry, by the way, so if we're looking at guys who you could free up money from for uh, uh, today, Dean Lowry, uh, his cap hit in 2022 is $8 million. If you were to cut him, you would get about half of that back. He has three void years after this year i think this is a prime guy to give an extension to if you can find a dollar amount that you can both agree on cuz you can free up a little bit of money bring his cap hit down to like maybe 5 million bucks and he's he's not old he's 28 years old i think you could lock him up for you know maybe just turn those void years into actual years so he comes in with uh average of about a million and a half per year on each of those three void years as, um, as a uh, cap hit 8 million bucks this year, you could work, you could, you could convert. He has a base salary in 2022 of 5 million bucks. If you're willing to keep him around for three years, um, restructure that 5 million bucks, uh, split it. I, th- I think you could only restructure four out of the 5 million on that. So you restructure that you get about 1.3 million bucks. In 22, 20, or, uh, uh, 23, 24, and 25, is that correct? No, I am was leaving out 2022. So you would be reducing his 22 cap hit by $3 million. That's just a restructure you could do today that you wouldn't need him to sign off on. Uh, so I do expect them to do that, uh, reduce that by $3 million which gets you definitely pretty close to where you need to be. But as far as, as an extension goes, you know maybe you turn those void years into actual contract years and throw a bit more money in each of those three years. I think Dean Lowry is a guy who's worth keeping around. If you do this restructure that I just highlighted, he's gonna be two point, call it $2.9 million in 2023 regardless of whether you give him any extra money and the total dead cap hit. If you, if you don't extend him, his contract would run out uh, at the end of this year and you'd have a $7 million dead cap hit in 2023. So 7 million bucks for a guy you're not going to have, or uh, try to think how you'd want to structure this so that um, you keep him for those three years I don't know if he would take 3 million bucks a year because he got 5 million for t- to come back in 2022. Let's say that you gave him 12 million bucks across each of those three years. I think he might take that possibly. And you're looking at paying basically about the same amount in those three years as you're going to pay him uh, this year for honestly, decent, uh, decent production. I think this is a move that I would make. Uh, and I, I would really be kind of surprised if the Packers don't do this. So going back to the uh, free agents. I move my window. Here it is. Next on the list, you got uh, we just covered Tyler Lancaster and then segue over to Dean Lowry. You also got Whitney Merciless. I don't expect them to bring him back today. I would like to see him back at some point. But your priority today, obviously, is to uh, cut money from, I, I really don't expect them to, to add any of these guys today, but I'm just talking about in the, in the near future. I don't think they're going to bring Whitney back now, but you may be him back in like July or August. Um, if, uh, if he's still available, I think that would be a move that would make a lot of sense. I think it is his age. He also doesn't need to be here for OTAs and that kind of stuff. Lucas Patrick is gone. Um, I'm having to filter through some of the information on this article. This is on Packers.com. It was posted this morning by Wes Ogwitz, and it's it's terrible, the amount of information that is missing from this. It's like he wrote this a week ago and scheduled it to be posted today. I never went back in and updated it. I mean, the, the number of guys who are on this list who should not be on here is kind of hilarious. Robert Tunyon. Um, I've talked about Tunyon a, a great deal about how, uh, you know, what the pros and cons are about bringing him back. And I think... My position is really that you wait as late into the year as possible before deciding whether or not to bring him back because I don't think he's going to get, be getting a single offer from any team right now because he's on a torn ACL. I mean, when is he going to be ready to play? Uh, maybe not till halfway through the year. I think that there's a chance that you don't even offer him a deal until after the regular season has already started. I think that's going to be when you're going to get him the cheapest. Probably, uh, or or um, actually the cheapest would be if you signed him like during cut down time uh, right before the regular season where you're, you're trying to get from 90 down to uh, 53. If you were to make him an offer at that point and he were to accept it, I think that's the ultimate like buy low on Robert Tunyon. Chandon Sullivan, that's an interesting one. Um, I think that's just similar to Rasul Douglas. Both those guys, it's going to come down to... Uh, how much they're getting offered from other teams. And I would like to bring back at least one of those guys. And I think between the two of them, just because of the fame and the uh, pick sixes, and and didn't Rasul make a Pro Bowl or something? Between all of that, I think Rasul is going to get the bigger offers from other teams. Despite the fact that I think when you look at value, I think they're very comparable players. And then, obviously, there's MVS, and the expectation right now is he's going to go to another team, and that other team might be the Colts, just because um, we knew that they were interested via Jacina Anderson. And then linebacker Darius Leonard for the Colts was tweeting something cryptic. I think he just tweeted, like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling with some eyeball emojis. So he might be going to the Colts. We'll see. Um, and then that's the unrestricted free agents as far as res- exclusive rights free agents, which is just uh, all, all the Packers have to do with these guys is just make them an offer. Uh, and you know, they'll just say, here's, here's what we're offering you. You can sign it or not sign it. Chris Barnes, no question he's coming back. Um, Henry Black. Let's see, are there any other safeties on this list? No, just Henry Black. Henry Black, I think they'll bring back. Um, but I don't really carry the way. Dominique Daphne, you bet your butt he's coming back. Jake Hansen, at this point they have to bring back <laughs> Jake Hansen because they only have one guy on the roster who can play center, not including Elton Jenkins who can't play any positions right now. Yash Nyman, I think he's clearly coming back. Randy Ramsey, I actually thought Ramsey had already been uh, signed to a futures deal, but uh, apparently not. I think Ramsey's coming back, linebacker. Um, this is a guy who, uh, what injury did he have? He had some really bad injury in the preseason this year, and it was it was like an ACL or something really disappointing. But he's he's been a guy who has not had a chance to show the fans anything, but the coaches really like him. So I think he's coming back. That'll be interesting. Uh, Chauncey Rivers, linebacker, uh, outside linebacker. That's a good question. Let's see. Let's look at the uh, outside linebackers we got on the roster roster, because I'm curious now. You got Preston and Rashawn. Uh, You have Tipicalaya. You have Garvin. You do have Ladarius Hamilton, Peter Colombe. That's about it. So you got three guys that you're considering bringing back in uh, uh, Whitney Merciless. Randy Ramsey, and Chauncey Rivers. Oh, you know what? Uh, Ray Wilborn is still out there. I always forget about him. He's, like, lived on our practice squad for two years, I think. The final restricted or uh, exclusive rights-free agent out there is Malik Taylor. So, uh, and that's a guy that I think you have to bring back. He's such a critical role on special teams. So the exclusive rights guys, I, I would expect... Uh, I think today is the. Today is the day that you have to make them an offer. Um. So you know, depending on how many of these guys you bring back, that adds extra money to the cap, that you do have to get under. So, no matter what other moves you make, I I just I feel like you have to get rid of Randall Cobb. The alternative is if they decide to stick with him you know, long-term and sign him to a couple-year deal and add a bunch of void years and stuff and just try and get his cap hit as low as possible. Then you could free up some money, um, but then you're stuck with the the contract of a guy who is up there in age, didn't contribute very much, gets hurt all the time. We know Brian Gudikins is not a big fan of having Cobb on the team. And also, Cobb is not cheap. He did not take a pay cut to come to Green Bay. Um, the, the Texans paid a portion of his contract, which we compensated them for in a better draft pick. They got a, a sixth round pick from us instead of like a seventh. So, um, Cobb's not taking a hometown discount. He's, um, you know, you're you're looking at paying him at least eight million bucks a year to stick around. and And for a guy at his age... He is 32. You have to cut Randall Cobb. I'm sorry, you just have to. And they 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 have to navigate that decision with Aaron Rodgers. And and um, I I just don't know what you do. I mean, they they know what they're going to do because Rodgers already signed his deal. So there's no there's no no way in the world they didn't talk about guys like Randall Cobb before he signed it you know and gave up all his leverage so I, I don't know what you do man well unfortunately that is uh, the end of, of uh, time for today so don't have time to do this grading Brian Gutekind's project but um, I have all the data that I put together right here in front of me and looking forward to covering this one <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll get to that next week hopefully uh, provided nothing else interesting comes up um, or I guess uh, not interesting but like more urgent but for today that's going to be it Thank you all for listening, and I will catch you next week.